as recording this, we've been live with three episodes and we've, I think, what, right, Have okay. you started recording? Yeah. Welcome to the Neil and Now podcast. We're here Whoa. to engage, inspire, and put a smile on your face. I'm Now Wilson. This is Neil Wilson, me pops. You just pointed. People are listening. They can't see. Well, I'm, no, we're normally doing visuals for this, uh, for the podcast, but we're not today as we're sat here on a wonderful summer's day. There's no camera crew. There's no cameras in this room. And we decided to just do... The audio today. Well, why didn't you tell me bef- that before I came? Because so I didn't have to put this Train Smart Keep It Real t-shirt on. That's a medium that shrunk and it... Well, I don't think it shrunk. It's just Did too tight. Did mum shrink it? She might have done. But it's just like too tight and I'm a bit pumped at the minute because I've been training all week. Well, you need to get a large. You need to go to nwclothing.co.uk and purchase yourself <laughs> much a large. Much I'll sort you out for free, Pat. Oh, well, thanks. Is that our sponsor for today's podcast? NW Clothing. Get your merch. I am absolutely battered dad and i've got some exciting news today wait for it go on was go on. the biggest and best gymnastic session since my spinal surgery oh wee. Wee. are you pleased with how it went then literally i can't be happy my body my neck is still in pain my wrist is in a lot of pain i had an injection four weeks ago on my wrist and that's still it's not really worked correctly we spoke with the doctor yesterday we've got some other plans for that but literally today is the most i've ever done we're back on all six apparatus. We're preparing for the British teams, which is in four weeks' time. Competition. I'm competing. You come and watch. I will do, yeah. I mean, at the moment, I'm in shock, though. You're competing in four weeks' time. Yes, perhaps. Really? Right, <laughs> <laughs> you, mate. And I've had this, ironically, I've had the best week, the best week, really, the best day, while my two coaches are on holiday. Um, so, well, <laughs> so there you Baz go. And Dave. Baz and Dave, I hope you're listening. Yeah, you're going to listen needed. to this. You're not, not required. Needed. I've been training over. Big shout-out to Mag. The Manchester Academy of Gymnastics, they've looked after me all week, been with Jake Seeger, we've been with Gianni, Regina Moran and Don Cunningham, so the, the atmosphere in the gym's been great. Working hard, the setup down there is amazing, so we've got straight from training, jumped in the ice bath every day, and then Maxine, bless us, cooked me a steak and rice straight after training. Who's Maxine? Uh, Maxine Gretsch, she's the owner of the gym, They fought, and I just want to say thank you for putting me up in their house on Tuesday night, it was an absolute amazing stay. Awesome, awesome. Uh, little Rocco's training, he's 12 years old. Great family. But yeah, perhaps we're there. We're getting there. We, and I think when we're talking this episode, the life, hashtag life of a gymnast, that is a commonly used hashtag. Because really? being, yeah, it is. Hashtag life of a gymnast. Hashtag really? life of a gymnastics coach. Hashtag life of a gymnastics parent. We're going to dive into it. I is that a new one? Hashtag life of a gymnastics parent. I think you should start that. that. I'm going to yeah. start that. Hashtag Absolutely. life of a gymnastics parent. I'm going to write it down. I'm going to do it. you got to wear your medium, train smart, keep it real tops. It's an oh. absolute nightmare, isn't it? Well, either that or stop training. I'm getting massive. <laughs> <laughs> How's your training? I say I've talked about mine. How's yours? Well, I'm, I didn't, you know, I fell off a wall in the garden. I hurt my back, didn't I? So yeah. I haven't been able to do anything for eight weeks. So I've just gone back in the uh, gym this week to train. And I'm in absolute agony. And I, I went on the first night, I went with Joanna and she had me doing squats. Um, so my legs were battered. My legs that, are battered, I know. That's, is that a technical term? Battered. battered. And then. Well, the, is that what, that's what you do in the fish shop, innit? Yeah, you batter your, your fish. fish. I and uh, I then trained, did some, uh, you know, like all over body stuff. And then the rest of my body's really aching. So you, you, God, you so, it's so quick how you. Your body gets out of it. But then again, it's so quick how your body gets back into it, isn't it? I wanted but to say this. So like what what I've been, what I've just said about being down at MAG, I've had the best sessions as in putting the most workload through my body, then recovered well, slept well, eating, you know, fillet steak, rice, straight after gym, eating healthily. Yeah. 
in the run up the whole time, obviously breakfast and, and dinner time, I'd jumped in a plunge pool, nine degrees ice bath for 60 seconds after the three, four hours training. Right. Yeah. And it is unbelievable how quickly your body will adapt and change in such a short period of time. Yeah. The, the, cause I, I do a big day on Tuesday. So we, Monday's kind of break your body in Tuesday's big day in terms of loading. And then when you're close to the competitions, you'll just be repeating your routines that you're going to do in that competition. Wednesday, again, back off a little bit, let your body recover. Thursday, again, hard. So Tuesday, Thursday, with Thursday today, that way I'm, yeah, I've yeah. come from training. The difference my body felt from Tuesday, putting that whole workload in, I've still got muscle soreness from Tuesday, but how it's adapted and how my endurance is built and how I feel so much stronger and more powerful and more confident doing my gymnastics routines just in 48 hours is astonishing. Yeah. That sounds amazing. It is. It so, literally is, isn't it? It's, it's proof to me how, how much in, I can achieve in such a short period of time in my body if you're willing to put in the graft, which we're going to talk about what it's like, the intensity of your training, the intensity of your life, in and out of the gym. If you're willing to do that, literally, people wanting to see you lose weight, people wanting like you to gain muscle, you can do it so fast if you're making the right decisions, in my opinion, yeah. and you're working hard. So what do you think you can achieve over the long term then? Exactly. See, part, part of the challenge is, for everybody, and I include myself, is you, you see really quick results like that, quick gains, quick weight loss, or whatever. Yeah. You can, you, it's very easy because of the way your mind works, is to get into a, a, a mindset of, right, job done. Yeah. I know how quickly I can do it, so today I'll have a day off, a complete yeah. blowout, and do something different. Yeah, it was, Cause, it's I, different because I'm preparing for a, an elite, professional level sport competition comp yeah. competition period you know so i know what i need to do with my body but like you just said there i will be peak fitness condition at the olympic games world championships and you see me perform over and over multiple competitions i will then stop eat what i want go on two or three nights out not train for four days and it's gone all of it it takes it, it. What you gain is this is my personal opinion. What you build and what you gain in gymnastics over a four month period, you lose the whole thing in four days. Oh, God. Unbelievable, <laughs> isn't it? And that's why it's, so, um, I once watched. You've, you've heard of a bloke called Bear Grylls? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so, met him. I met him. Have you met him? Yeah, yeah, met him. At What's the he G like? G yeah, brilliant. I mean, I didn't. I don't think I had a conversation with him, but I had a picture with him at the GQ Awards right. sixteen. He's massive. Do you think we can get him on here? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So uh, I had a, with my old job, we, um, we used to have management conferences and part of this particular management conference was uh, Bear Grylls did a talk. Because right. he's got an unbelievable story. I've read his book. He, his I've story his is book. just like ridiculous. He broke his back in a parachute accident. Mm. Yeah. Um, which we, we, I don't know that at the start of the story or what point it came in his life, but it was, a, was he a Marine? I can't want to be a Marine. <laughs> So he said, well, whatever he was. So we did this story, but his story was he was the young, at the time, it might have been broken out. It was the young, I am getting to the point, by the way. Come on now. He was the youngest man to ever climb Everest, you know, to get to the peak. Yeah. And the story was an incredible story. He told us all about it. It took an hour, an hour and a half or whatever it was. But the, the point is, he said. It took an hour and a half to climb it? No, dick. Oh, the story. <laughs> To tell the story. I want to climb Everest now. How long will you be, Tony? Be about an hour and a half. Find something like that. Are so, we swearing today's part? I oh, feel no, rattled no, up. No, I want to. No. I'm going to have to call you one of those before so, the podcast. Um, 
So the, the story was, which was a long story, it takes somewhere in the region of people who are listening who are into this stuff may argue it, but from what I remember, it takes 50 days to climb up Everest, right? Because you've got you've to gotta go to a certain level, acclimatise and go to a certain level, and, when, and then when, when you get to the top, you're actually on oxygen and all that stuff. It, you, you can't, it takes like an hour to walk eight steps yeah, because yeah, yeah. of the, all the oxygen. It takes four days to climb down. Yeah. So that was the point of my story. 50 days to get up, four days to climb down, three months to get yourself in peak physical condition, four days, two nights out, one in fibre, one in Tom's and Eddie's new place, gone. <laughs> Dollhouse. Oh, is that what's called? Cool? Sorry, we went the other night. Even yeah. someone else a plug now. I know. Uh, so, yeah, so that, was a, that was the point. It takes ages to, ages to get it sorted. Very, very quick to lose it. So it's, I, it's uh, that thing that we spoke about. It's all about balance, isn't it? Maintaining yeah. a level. For, for a normal human yeah, being. Yeah, I was going to say, we're talking about extreme elite, level elite athletes. Yeah, you, you know what I mean? Versus me. It's about just <clears throat> maintaining a level, isn't it? Yeah. And enjoying your life and having fun and being and thinking, right, I am going to have, have fish and chips supper on a Friday and whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, if you that's what do. you want. Yeah. But, you know, if you want to be a healthier version, then you, I think what we what the way it is, is balance is key for me. We've talked about in a previous po- podcast of me having the obsessive gene and I've had it with food. I've had it, I've got it with food. I've got it with training. I've got it with vlogging. I've got it with business. I've got it with alcohol. I've got it with everything else that come that comes in my life. If I want something, I will go 100 million percent. And I think having that balance and that, and that lifestyle that is balanced is so hard to find if you've got this gene, but the key for it is in me, for me with your health and fitness is enjoying the health and fitness. So you, you, you like lifting weights. I assume, you know, you, you've yeah, done it for a lot of yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. You don't, I assume now you got ultra flex. You not the plug. Someone not else. I know, but we're not there yet. Dad. <laughs> well, what can we just say? Number eight in the top 10. We, we, we're filming this number seven episode. No, we got to seven. I we get to seven? It, oh God, I just hit the mic. We got to number seven in the top. Above Love Island. <laughs> on, that, on that night. In the yeah. first 48 hours. Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't understand the algorithm. I think it's with, is it growth and ratings? I, I'm not sure. That's one I thing we know. do need to say, guys. If you're listening and you're enjoying the Neil Nye podcast, please leave us a five, well, whatever star you believe rating and a comment. And we will um, we'll start shouting the people out on the, on the podcast and on the vlog, on the Neil and Nye vlogs. Um, those that have left a rating. Yeah. Anyway, I was saying with health and fitness, so you, doing what you love, you've trained Ultraflex for 25 years. Yeah, tw- uh, might be less. You've done years. weight Whatever. training. I've done a lot of training. And then you yeah. play golf. So you're yeah. an active person. Yes. Not, not in a way that's, I'm going to be on a diet and I'm going to try to lose my belly fat. You know what I mean? You actually enjoy going to the gym. You enjoy lifting bigger weights. You train with people that are your friends. You you enjoy doing that. You also enjoy playing golf, which essentially is a sport. And incredible, you are very very good at it. We've talked about that before. You walk in five miles, so you play golf twice a week. You're getting the miles in. You're walking. You're carrying your bag. You're playing golf. If all you're focusing on being is a great golfer, then you go into the gym, and again your focus is I want to become stronger, and it feels good to be strong, so I'm lifting heavier weights. Mm, yeah. So you're you are healthy. You know, everyone who comes and meets you, they, they always comment on how well you look for 50, which yeah. you do, i got to say, Dad. We're getting loads of comments today. It's great, isn't it? <laughs> Love it. Love this podcast. <laughs> yeah, and all I've got from one. you is calling me a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> but the point, the point is, I think, and that's why I'm pushing gymnastics big, because when, you, when you're doing gymnastics, you're learning 
a type of skill whilst getting fit. You know, the, the point that the unsustainability comes from, I want to lose weight, I want to get healthy, so I'm going to go on this diet, my phone just went off, and I'm going to go to the gym because that's what I think I need to do, i.e. do a bit of cardio, go on the bike, go on the treadmill, go for a walk. Um, and that isn't sustainable because you're not enjoying it. The diet is is quick and fast and it, it it's you know it's a in, in essentially it's a fad what the, the the way to change is changing your lifestyle and changing your relationship with food mentally in it really yeah totally and, and tactics don't work do they no it's a tactic I'm, I'm going i am going to lose weight to get into a dress for a wedding i am going to lose weight to um go on my holiday in cyprus in eight weeks tactic i am going to lose or i'm going to start on monday on the first of january every year that's january. the tactic yeah really it's a tactic and to be sustainable to be balanced, the dot work, the dot. It also I'm sorry. If you think about, so we we keep going back to food, but you think about smoking, right? Smoking, and generally, on New Year's Day, what do fifty percent or whatever it is of smokers say they're going to do? Stop smoking. Going to stop. What have they done up till New Year's Day? They've smoked twenty cigarettes a day, right? Yeah. And again, the science is out there to to prove this. I know it because I've seen it online. For every, for every cigarette you smoke each day, you think about it 10 times. Right. So, so if you're smoking 20 cigarettes a day, you actually think about it 200 times a day. So you're at the actual physical smoking bit 10, uh, 20 times, but thinking about it 200 times. So 365 days a year, 200 times a day, whatever that number is. 6,000. Whatever, it's a very big number. More. Smoking, smoking, 6, smoking. 000. So you're going to wake up on New Year's Day and just stop. Really? Mm. It's not. Gonna, it's just not going to happen, is it? And yeah, well... Well, unless... Now, now, now yeah. there's, there's a sideline to that. It's frequency times intensity, yeah? So I'm talking about frequency. An, an intense thing... Yes. Yeah, so, okay. so something like the 1st of January is not intense enough to make you stop smoking. No, but something a like a doctor on. telling you that you're going to die in yeah, in a year's time is intense, intense enough for you yes. to just go, right, tomorrow. Or, or a doctor says, look, you're not going to see your grandkids. You know, the, yeah, the, the, it can the, be, the trigger can be the trigger can be anything for anyone, you know. Yeah, but what I was going to what I was going to say about the the um the dieting thing, you know those tactics for diets, yeah? Mm. A, going on a holiday should cut across your life, not your life change for your holiday. So what I mean by that is, you know, like you talked about me having balance and I'd, I generally don't struggle with weight. I'm always somewhere between 13 and 14 stone. Sometimes I go a bit lower. If I go if I go heavier, it's because I've been training hard, you know, and I've mm. trained well. Well, say so, you normally go lower when you go on holiday. Well, yeah. Because I'll, I'll, on holiday, I lose weight. Me, we did that juicing thing the other week. I lost half a stone in yeah, three days. Yeah. So what am I saying? I'm saying, you know, if you get your life in proportion, in balance, you're happy, you love your life. And, and you know, happiness is one word to use. You know, being belonging is another word. You know, there's tons and tons of words that people will use out there. And you, you have a balanced life, which includes nutrition and well-being and mental health. That we've spoken about because mm -hmm. because you know mental health in my opinion shouldn't just be something that we all talk about and there's a trigger for it when it's gone nuclear it's like this massive thing you know your your mental health and my mental health you should work on all this all the time yeah. shouldn't you i've said it's an ongoing it's an ongoing, journey, it's an ongoing journey and so is so is eating and so is exercising and so is loving your life and i try 
I tr- one of the outcomes of training is my body's not too bad. You know, now that I'm 50, um, bodybuilding and doing Mr. Universe are probably beyond me. Mm. But I just, I, I, love, I love training because of the way that it makes me feel. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I just want to touch upon one more thing about the, the dieting because I've come from an interesting place where we have mentioned it before. I have had an obsessive problem with food and yeah. you've been there and you've been through it. Yeah, yeah. So I, I know what it's like. Um, it was kind of, it was for a different reason. And like I say, I'm an athlete and it was an extreme version of me being obsessed with becoming lighter. So I would almost starve myself in a way and not give my body the nutrients it need, lose weight that I didn't need to lose. And then in turn over that, doing that a long period of time would then struggle with binge eating, which again, is a mental health challenge and issue towards food because you lose control with, the, you know, the it's a feeling of you, you, you've you never experienced binge eating before. No, never. I'll try and explain. It's basically you flick this switch in your brain and nothing will stop you eating. You are in no control over all you do in that time is eat. Eat, 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 eat. Next thing, next thing, next thing, next thing. And you know, you know, it's not logically good for you, or you don't want it. Particularly when you're in sport. I've got to go to the gym tomorrow, so why on earth am I stuffing my face with food and not stopping? But it's like it, it gains control over you, just like any other addiction, or you know, it's a mental problem with food. And then all of a sudden, you know, however long it'll be, sometimes it's sooner, sometimes it's longer. Say, let's give an example of an hour and a half you switch out of it and then you're uncomfortably full. You've eaten a silly amount of calories that is unhealthy for your body and then feelings of, so in the moment, I think it is to do with what it's, the chemicals it's producing. So when you put in food in your body, it tastes good. It produces the things in your brain. So it's for that whole hour and a half, you, can, you need more, you need more, you need more, you lose control, you feel good. Then all of a sudden you snap out of it. Then it's deep guilt that's the emotion that comes from that. And then you think, why on earth have I just done that? What did I do that for? You idiot. You know, you almost like self-pity. You, you're frustrated with yourself. You're pissed off with yourself. You feel guilty. You feel regret. And then the cycle then is to think, well, I've done all that. So now I need to not, for the next day, I won't eat anything or I'll eat healthy for three days or I'll be unhealthy. I'll just drink water all tomorrow. You know, that's kind of the cycle that it gets in. And I know people listening to this will be going through that. So I've been in that place in my life. And now I'm in a position where I have a relationship with food, which is genuinely, I don't, you know, it's been a long process to get to this point where I, all I'll say is I forget to eat. So, so before having food rule my life, isn't, that, isn't that also that, a that's also probably no. But in terms of the relationship just, to food, let, let's just go. Let's just take it step by step. So, why do, you, based on what you've just said, then why do you do the first? Why do you do the binge eating? For the feelings that you produce because you feel good that you've eaten. Why do you binge? No, well, the an- my answer to you would be I don't know, Dad, because I don't, don't want know. to. Right, so it's okay. like it's a problem. It's a disorder what, with food. What I mentally. heard when you were talking was you said you'd eaten all the food, so you feel good. It's no, but I'm, I'm trying to understand oh, right, in okay. that moment and talk about feelings because the, the the one of the troubles is when you come out of the binge, the the sheer guilt and regret is painful internally. So, so even though you know, even though you know when you've had five bowls of whatever. You, it's ultimately leading you to a road of guilt 
you really know bad. it's coming, but you can't control it. Right. So that's that is the mental. You know, if you've never understood, if you've never been there before, you you won't get it. So that like, you'll be asking those questions. But for me, who's been through it, for people that are, they know that they're not in control. It takes it takes full control over them, and even though you know that you don't want to do it, you know the feelings afterwards. You know, in in some cases, you're likely to be gaining weight at a rapid pace. Whereas I was like, I'm just going to feel heavy in the gym for three days and it's going to be horrible. You know what I mean? You just still do it. And that is the, that is the problem. So binge eating is, is a real thing, is a real disorder to food. Now, what I was going to try and say is today, I know it's probably unhealthy that I forget to eat. The unhealthy part is that I don't eat breakfast or that I forget to eat because I've got training and I need to fuel my body. But the point is the, the mental relationship to food. I went from a place in my life where it ruled my life and people know what I mean by that. All they think about is what they're going to eat next, what's for breakfast, preparing the next meal, either feeling guilt or, or happiness for what they've just eaten. And it literally controls your life. And I've gone from a place of that to then over a five-year period to today, becoming in just having a very healthy relationship with food, eating when I'm hungry, stopping when I'm full, which when you're in that zone, you don't understand what full is. Full doesn't exist. Like you can eat amounts of food that you blow your mind. Well, you see me do it in, in essence. And to be honest, Joanna has the same. I can, I, can I just say, I, I haven't. Okay, okay, so you haven't, so because I didn't, that, I have that's, not, that's another... I, I haven't sat watching you eat loads of stuff. No, you, so you're right, you, I tell you what, I have, I have seen you in Montpellier when we're doing Junior Europeans, which was the first time I thought, well, we've got a problem here. Every, before you would eat anything, you'd check all the back of the packet. Okay, yeah, yeah, So, yeah, yeah, so yeah. That's, like, that's still part of the same challenge that you had. you check the back the of the packet, and you'd study the protein, calorie, nutritional values mm. of something, and if it didn't match what you were thinking in your head, you'd put it... Yeah, 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 so yeah, okay. and, then, and then all the and all the lads when they were celebrating, they went into that shop and got a, a what's you pick and mix, pick and mix, loads yeah, of sweets. Yeah, yeah. You avoided that. No, you yeah, won't, yeah. you wouldn't have any pick and mix. And yeah. Frank, who was Frank the Tank, we call him, don't we? Man, he just eat whatever he wanted yeah. to eat. Okay, yeah. So, I, but so that I was pre, that, that was pre sort the of when the binges came in, right? But but then also, I'm ashamed. I don't want anyone to see it. So okay, the, genuinely right. the time when I would do it was when you, mum and Joanna would be in bed. I'd come down at, at quarter to midnight yeah. and hammer down five balls of cereal. And, you know, when just, and you'd say, why on earth? I was like, I don't know. I wondered why we had to buy five boxes of cereals every three days. <laughs> it's true. Who's eating all this cereal? We thought we it's had mice. True. It's true. It, and, you know, and, and, mum, and people who go through it the same, I, I was going to say Joanna, I know Joanna and mum have a similar not, I don't want to say that it's part of the obsessive addictive gene, but it kind of is. But I, I know from what jo the conversations I've had with Joanna, um, while she's been at uni on her own, she's done similar things. I know, and I'm, I'm probably exposing it in a nice way. I'm, I'm sure she won't mind me telling. We know that Mars had challenges with food and weight for the whole life. So it's, a, it's an ongoing process. But I feel like I can shed some light because... I've been there and I'm also with a relationship with food that those in that moment would dream of to, to, to forget to eat, which again, we've said it's unhealthy. It's just mind blowing because it genuinely does rule your life. So it has been a very, very, very long process and different circumstances and different situations have helped me 
improve my relationship with food. One being psychology. I have had help and had conversations and get support from from the yeah, so if, the, if somebody's if somebody's in the car or on the treadmill or whatever they're doing listening to this podcast sound mm-hmm. just listen to everything that you've said for the last 10 minutes what what would you if they're thinking oh my god yeah, tell that's me, me what so what would you say to them what right. would you say to do to actively tackle some of the challenges that they're facing so there's there's a number of things this there's your quick sort of tactics whilst you are so, so things like trying to eat slower, you know, taking your food because the the problem is with the the binge, it kind of it is a flick of a switch. But you eat food at pace, your body don't, your brain don't recognize you full for around twenty, twenty five minutes, thirty minutes. So you you can woof in quite a lot quick, right? And then you're in that cycle, you're kind of in that zone. So one thing that these are kind of the small tactics, just having a huge glass of water with your meal, putting your knife and fork down on the table after you've taken every every bite, taking a sip of water, just trying to, and also be engaged in a, I used to, when I, was, when I was sat with eating with people, I used to try and have a conversation because you have to speak. If you're on your own, you're just like, woof, 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 woof. It's gone in five seconds. It's like, oh, I'm still hungry. I'm not satisfied, I'm not satisfied. And all of a sudden you have another plate, blah, blah, blah. So trying to be, eat with people, take your time, chew your food, be mindful. It's, it's back to that kind of mindfulness, be present while you're actually eating food, taste it, enjoy it, you know, and then you kind of come a little bit more in tune with, right, I'm full now and I'm satisfied and I can move on. Um, I think that the transitions did come, become a lot more, my relationship changed when I became more busy and had a lot more things in my life. So a period of time when I started vlogging and I had all these things to do, I'm starting podcasting. When I got a girlfriend, you know, that was that was massive because my focus, I wasn't kind of on my own at home in a situation where, you know, I could go into a binge right now. You know, it's kind of, it's all about change. I once sat with the, the psychologist, you kind of, the, you know, the record players. Yeah, when the cycle. The, the, the old ones that you put the pin in, yeah, it's yeah. spinning round and the pin's in. Yeah. And it's just round and round again, and it, and it is a cycle. So, you know, for me, it used to be sort of Monday to Friday. Monday to Wednesday, I'd recover from the weekend's binge. Thursday, Friday was pretty good. I'd have a good training session. Get to Saturday, it was the weekend. The binge had happened. And then it was that, the, the record was going round. So you kind of need to find ways and just making decisions because it only takes one time to just veer off from the record, you know, change, move the pin move the pin off, take it off, do something differently. And then that, that triggers something in your brain to think, well, this is, this is possible. I can do this. Yeah. I've done that, this then. And what did I do in that moment that helped me get away from the record? To not binge is a huge, powerful moment when you, when you feel yourself going into it and then you, you manage to for for whatever reason for some of the tactics that I'm talking about or just a split decision in your head because it is mentally it is all in your head to say no I'm not gonna and you don't then that's like holy shit I can do this like I've done that once like Mm. what did I do then that stopped me and then you do it again and you you might two days later have a binge but I guess it's it's changing your your relationship and we talked about with anxiety it's changing your relationship to the whole situation you are in that situation and it's kind of gas grasping control of your mind, of your feelings, of your body, 
And for, for me, it was just trying to understand being hungry and full because they never really existed. So trying to eat when I'm hungry and stop when I'm full and this whole like breakfast has to be at 8 a.m., lunch is at 12 p.m., dinner's at 6 p.m., whatever, whoever invented those times, I true, I honestly don't believe in that. If I'm hungry at 6 a.m., I try and make myself eat because my, my body's telling me that I want something. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And then, and then <laughs> yeah. I'll have, I'll have a lot of the times I will eat my dinner till 11 p.m. And everyone will say, well, it's bad to go to bed on a, on a full stomach. And, you know, there's got to be times. I think for what helped me so much was being in tune with my body and f- scrapping the times. I think it is a little bit challenging as an athlete because, say, you train at a certain time. It's probably good to eat an hour before to, to have sustainable energy. But for anyone listening at home, if you're not hungry at 8 o'clock in the morning when you get up for work, don't eat. Your body don't want to have a coffee, have a cup of tea, whatever, and and it'll tell you when you are. This is this is my personal experience and opinion. Yeah. And then you know, and it, and it might not, you might not get the hunger till five p.m. And you'll say, well, that's really bad for you not eating all day. But I think the the more you can become in tune with your body, and then it's the same when you're eating. If you can employ that tactic of just trying to take your time, you know, understanding, tasting the food, being present when you're eating, because food is amazing. It tastes so good. It is literally how good is it when we have like steak and chips yeah, yeah. and you're tasting yeah. it and it's and it's beautiful. Enjoy that. And then recognize, you know what? My belly's full now. I'm I'm stuffed. I don't really need anything else, you know, anymore. You know, and, and we always get told- A that, pudding. A pudding. <laughs> yeah, oh, but, but you remember, you always used to tell us as, as kids, finish your plate, yeah. as always. Clear your plate up now, otherwise you're not going to play Call of Duty or, you, you know, blah, blah, whatever the, the punishment was. Clear your plate up. Well, that's so a, that's a, that's a society-driven thing, isn't it? Is, it? And, it's all, and it's also a generation-driven thing. I come from a generation that says you're not leaving the table till you've eaten all your food. Mm. So so whether you wanted your food or you didn't, you couldn't go until you've eaten it. Point, so, 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 the, you know, generationally it was passed down to us and, you know, mum's a, mum's a big advocate of that. She does, she doesn't like to see food wasted mm-hmm. and that's where, you know, and, and I bet a psychologist could sit on there and tell us why that is, you know, back to cavemen days when you yeah. didn't know when you were going to eat again. Yeah, yeah. Because you, you've been out, you know, in the old cavemen days, we, we've had this, they're sat in the cave, they're not planning their next trip to Ayanapa and, <laughs> yeah. and dancing in Bar Titanic. They're thinking, hey, is someone going to come in and eat me? B, is it going to rain and I'm going to get flooded and drowned? Yeah. You know, C, am I going to be able to find something to eat? And when they do find something, so when they find it and kill it, they eat it all, don't they? Yeah. Because they're not going to eat again. So, you know, from that to this, previous generations, if we cook a meal, we we generally, and I've got to admit, I did it. Uh, you did you, it? You, you've got, we say, right, eat all your food. I know, I know. And that, that, I never even thought about it like that, but that is probably a huge factor to to potentially you know, obesity in this society because of that. And and I get it, you know, wasting food and it, it, it's horrible. I personally, I, I do, I do waste food. You see me do it now, but I, but I've got such a good relationship with my body and food now. And from where I've been mentally with my, with my struggles to now, you've seen me leave half a steak now because I'm full. Yeah. And, and you would, but the, well, I eat well it. yeah, the majority now is you've got, <laughs> have you finished with that now? Right. Pass it here. Do you know what I mean? But you don't push me as a parent now to go, you got to finish that. that. Yeah, yeah. 
because like, but, and that's what worked for me. And then and the only thing I would over just another thing I would add to it is I, I really struggled with, like you said, when looking at the calories on the back of the packet, I would be so obsessed with, because I, it was because I wanted to get lighter and lo- or lose weight or, you know, and people on diets would be the same. They're so obsessed with the numbers on the, well, on they'll the packet relate to this, and the calories they? and it's like, I need to eat and I'm not allowed that and I'm allowed this. And it's, you know, I used to be so on it for a period of time and it would negatively impact me because I don't know if anyone's ever felt this. So you have a chocolate bar, so then you, you eat so good for so long and you, doors just open. You eat so good for so long and then you, you have a chocolate bar. So in your head then you're thinking, well, I've missed it. I've missed it now. I mean, I've, I've had the chocolate bar. So I've already, I've already, I want to swear, I've already flipped it. So I might as well carry on. May as well keep going. Might as well eat going. the whole packet well, of chocolate yeah, bars. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm going to, well, well, and then, well, I've already done that now. So I've, I've pooed it. I'm going to carry on. And it, it, it's literally, I know so many of my, my friends are the same. You get into that mindset. As soon as you eat something bad, then it's, then it's like, I have opened the door now. To, I'm, I'm, it's like self-punishment. It's like you're punishing yourself because you've eaten something bad. So then you then punish yourself by just, I'm going to stuff everything in my face now because I've, I've, I've gone off track and I'm not stuck to the diet. And, and when my relationship changed and when I stopped binge eating was when I fully allowed myself to have anything that I wanted when I wanted. And it sounds silly because you know, you think that, well, if I can eat whatever I want, I'll eat burger and chips and I'll have chocolate for every day of every day. And that's not the reality, but it, it's kind of... What, oh. So if I say to you now, Dad, let your mind be free and think about anything you want to think about. Anything I want to think about. So let your mind be free. So I'm giving you freedom to think about anything. Right. So what does you? what do you do? Sex. <laughs> What did you think? God, I was on got... such a motivational roll then. That was going right. to be so bad. I'm thinking Sorry. about sex a lot as well, to be honest. No, it's because I've just said the word sex. Go on, ask me again. Did you no, know? But, no, but the point is, the point is, you then you let your mind free. You, you can think about what. So you're thinking all day, every day. It's like you know, yeah. in your in your head. So if 30, I said to you, thirty thousand times a day, 30, talking to fifty thousand times a day, yeah, fifty thousand. Sorry, talking to you. So, Dad, you're free. You can think about whatever you want to think about right now. So your mind, brain, then goes. Well, I'm not thinking about anything now. Yeah. Because you've just told me I can think about. So then you start, you think about thinking. Yeah. And then your mind just clears. It's when I do the meditation. So the whole point of meditating is the point, the process of trying to be present. So feeling the weight of your body on the, on the, on the seat, yeah, your feet yeah. on the floor, yeah. listening to the sounds around you. So the whole time you're trying to resist thoughts coming into your brain the thoughts about what vlog we're going to do today what's training going to be like who am i going to see at work you know what, what argument i'm going to have with sally when i wake up in the morning <laughs> so she the listens whole, to these you know i know the whole time you're you're trying to block those thoughts so you're not allowed to think the minute in the me, the guided meditation session that i do that he goes now just let your mind be free and that is the only time in the whole 10 minutes that I actually am present. Not the only time, but the, it's actually the easiest to be present right. because he's allowed me freedom. Now, the point I'm trying to make with food is you, it's like you, you're trying not to eat something, you're blocking. So a diet is whole, like, I'm not allowed. I'm not allowed to eat. So all you think about 
or a lot of the times you think about is eating and what you're not allowed to eat and how much you crave it and you want it. It's like I'm, the cigarette thing, isn't it? Frequency. Yeah, yeah. So Frequency. that yeah. So you're not allowed this, you're not allowed that. The 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 mindset shift is it's not I can't have a chocolate bar, it's I'm choosing not to. You know, yeah. that whole let your mind be free. I'm telling you now, I eat and I'm letting you eat. You can eat whatever you want, whenever you want. And that's a crazy mind shift. And then and it's like, well, so I can eat whatever I want, whenever I want, and I can be healthy and I can have a body like Niall and Neil and I can have a better relationship with food and not these diets that don't work, that's a tactic that's up and down like we just spoke about. And and until I, and then when I did that and started to just more frequently have some chocolate, I'd have a takeaway, but I'd be more in tune with being being full, being hungry and full again, if that makes sense, because mm. you diet, you diet, you diet, you eat so well. And then when a takeaway comes around, that's like the cheat, that's like this, the reward. And then you go full, 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 full. But that whole point again, but being balanced, you can eat McDonald's every day and, st and still be not overweight. You know, it's not good for you. It's putting a lot of crap in your body, but it's all to do with calorie intake versus expenditure. If you're burning the same amount of calories that you're putting in your body, whether it's McDonald's, takeaways, chocolate, you are not going to gain weight. It's science. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So it's kind of like with me, my relationship now is with portion sizes and I'm never going to gain weight in an excessive amount. I'm never going to binge eat again because I'm so in control with my body. I will eat when I'm hungry and stop when I'm full. It doesn't matter what's going in. It's just portion sizes and I'm allowing myself to eat whatever I want, yeah. whenever I want. We do need to contextualise to a certain extent though. So I don't know, 80% of the time though, you eat, Good stuff. Yeah, that, yeah. So I'm not. You, you know, know, I am healthy. Look, yeah. look at me, and and you know, we we joke about. I'm in the flat now. I'm in the city centre. I do. <laughs> God, I don't want to go into the delivery debate. No, no, no. Look, yeah, we will. I, I eat out a lot. I I order food in a lot. The reality is, I'm an athlete, and I need my nutrients, and I want to train and perform the best I can. And I'd just like to say now, thanks for inviting me onto your podcast where you just talk all the way through the podcast. It's been good. I've enjoyed it. Dad. What? Shut up. Okay. Go Dickhead. on. Dickhead. You said... To <laughs> <laughs> I told you I'd get you in. You said you used something about a chocolate bar. After <laughs> <laughs> that whole 30-minute rant, all no, you took is eating a chocolate bar. No, joking. I just, uh, I just think you... You know what? All of what you're saying makes sense. It it doesn't resonate with me. No, no. Because well, let me let me just talk for a second before you get back into it. Because I I've never had a problem with my relationship with food. I and actually, the more and more you talk, the more I think I do what you're talking about. I eat what I want when I want all the time. Exactly. And I don't eat if I'm not hungry. Exactly. I, I never do. And when when I've had enough to eat I stop eating unless you've left a bit of fillet steak I, I can't see that go away but I, I, I stop eating yeah. and I exercise and I train and I, I like a drink I just think my you know my life is in balance and I, I enjoy mm. my life and if I want to have on a Friday night Sally goes and gets her mum a fish you know she's done it all her life uh, your grand's 84 now mm. And it, and it's and it's probably still very traditional around the country now. Friday nights used to be fish and chip night, or you know, Friday nights fish night. Mm. Whether you have fish and chips from a fish and chip shop or you have fish, generally that's um, very traditional. So Sally's mum still has a fish, and Sally will ring me and say, uh, "I'm getting my mum a fish. Do you want one?" 
And some weeks I will, and some weeks I won't. But if I want to have, if I think, oh yeah, I fancy fish and chips, I get fish and chips. Yeah, but the, but the point, the point is as well. You if if you want to eat a healthy meal, you do that as well. Do you know what I mean? You are in control, and and the point is, it's not the dieting because the diet straight away restricts. It says you are not allowed, and when you tell a kid that he's not allowed to play with a toy, what does the kid want to do? Play with a toy. That's all he wants to do. And and even so, I, I had a good conversation with with my best pal Luke Stoney, and he's done a bodybuilding competition. So so food and nutrition and relationships with food is is a very interesting subject in bodybuilding because you're having to diet for a, a period of time to look a certain way on stage, and everything that I'm saying and talking about, I'm sure a lot of them can relate to. So like Luke is exactly the same as as you and oh and me now, eats what he wants when he wants. He, he's very he, look at you I'm sure Luke's you know if everyone's seen Luke Stone and you've seen his body he's got the best six pack I've ever seen in the whole world like he's he's healthy he's fit and I I know he's the same he's, he eats when he's hungry he stops when he's full he doesn't overindulge and, and he will tell you he sat on this podcast and we'll get him on the the point where his coach said he had to start dieting you know he, he had to reduce his calorie intake his carb intake he had to be clear on what he was counting so that his body transformed in a certain way scientifically. He then found himself wanting more, eating more food than what he would have. And he said it was a crazy change and that that like, like essentially that is what people's shift in relationship with food is because they want to they want to achieve a goal. And I guess the goal for a lot of people is to lose weight. So they think they have to do this and again wrapped up in the in the um the record of cycle of the cycle of of what I've been talking about, and I think hopefully, hopefully, what I've said is, has made a lot of sense, you know, on this subject, and people can take some value from this if you if you walking the dog or listening in the car or just just sat listening to this now, you know, and having some of the troubles that I've spoke about, you you can do this. If I can do this, you can do this. Well, I've got another question for you. So I asked you one question about 48 minutes ago. I've got another one for you now. So what about this whole thing about forgetting to eat then? I mean, the whole, the, the forgetting to eat isn't me um, having a, an opposite relationship with food in a way that I'm, I'm wanting to lose weight or I'm trying not to eat. I think that that whole thing was about, I I'm so busy and on it. And you know those days, you sent me a text on Friday night saying, remember to have your downtime, everything yeah, in balance. Did, yeah, you yeah. did, because yeah. I mean, and, and I'm glad you did, because I, I was Friday, I was up at 9 a.m. Well, I should put remember everything in proportion. Yeah, that's, that's what, what you thought. said, and yeah. that's what we're talking a lot about a little yeah. bit, because I'm the same, a workaholic. Friday, I um, I got up at 9 a.m., had a meeting with my manager, it was brilliant, then went to the gym, trained for three and a half hours, then came home, we filmed the air track vlog, which I'm sure you've all seen on YouTube, which was absolutely brilliant for awesome. th- three hours. Awesome. I then decided that, you know what, that the whole the whole timing of it, we had a Body Bible program launching that that night and that weekend, and we were doing a lot of exercises. So I thought we could get, if we get this video out tomorrow, it could be a good business marketing strategy to try and make more sales on the Body Bible. So I then from 7 p.m. till half two in the morning, collectively with Tom, sat and edited the full 15-minute video. You know, so, so from 9 a.m. in the morning till 2.30 a.m. at night, I was just literally non-stop freaking on it. 
that relates to me forgetting to eat because I wake up on a morning and I'm literally like, go, 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 go. What's happening in my life? You know, what have we got on today? You know, and and sometimes because my relationship with food is that I, I eat when I'm hungry, I stop when I'm full and that's what works for me right now. I, I guess I won't forget in a sense I won't be hungry when I wake up so I focus on the work that I'm doing I'm very busy and it's one thing after another I guess it will get to half past one and I've already been training for an hour and I'll think oh shit I've not eaten anything and I, but I will be hungry I'll be starving then I'll be like mm, yeah. oh god and I've already started training and, and essentially for an athlete that is not a, a positive way of preparing for your training session and yeah. you know for performance it, it is not and i need to get something i need to get better at it and i guess it's preparation really um but i'll get to half one and i'll be st- i'll have a starving hungry pain in my stomach and then i'll look at the time and i'll think holy shit i've not eaten breakfast that's really bad but then what i will do then is i will find out a way to then get something some fuel in my body i won't just train till half past three yeah with no more food i'll then eat a eat a bar or something go have a pint of milk just do something that's getting food in my body and fuel in my body but that's what i'm meant by forgetting to eat mm. yeah well I, do, I just think that that in terms of you know what you what you want to achieve are the part of this vlog you've said right you're going to compete in four weeks which i'm still bamboozled at. i can't believe that going to happen you know considering where you've come from to where you are so in in terms of a competition preparation and what you've got to do i i think ideally you you possibly need to change that around a bit don't absolutely you? And yeah. make sure that you you're getting the right fueling because that's not that's not something again that's sustainable is it no it's just it's just not sustainable no, no. um but it's it's kind of it's almost like this tightrope isn't it you're walking a tightrope all the time with you know what's good, what's bad, how much, you know, had enough, not had enough, had too much, Mm -hmm. overindulged, just not eating at all, you know, all that, that tightrope that you walk with food is like, is like anything that you you have in life. And that's in proport, in keeping things in proportion so that you get it. And and I think as well, it's what's right for you. Yeah. So, so by the way, I'm, I'm saying everything, this has been my experience from what I feel right for me. Not, it might not work for anyone else. Absolutely not. No. And, and what, you know, one of the main things is that you, Niall, you are working really hard on becoming the best version of you. I, I, you know, want to work hard on becoming the best version of Neil. What, what we're not saying is, everyone listening to this podcast, you all need to be like Niall. Yeah, that's no, just not. Yeah. That's not what we're talking about, is it? Or Neil, you, you know, you have to be the best version of you, and to be the best version of you will take some trial and error, and it will take hard work. Yeah. It's like anything, isn't it? You've got to work hard on yourself. You've got to work hard on your nutrition. You've got to work hard on your well-being. You've got to work hard on your mental health to be the best version of you, if you want to be. Yeah. If you don't want to be, brilliant, yeah. fine. We're different, aren't we? You know, yeah. my, my, your Friday looked a little bit different to mine, but I'm, I'm at a different point. Did, what, did you play golf on Friday? Um... I can't remember, but I had fish and chips. <laughs> Play, played golf, had fish and chips, and then you go. And I went to went the to pub, and yeah. then I text you from the pub to say, "Keep everything in proportion." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but, I've, um, but I'm at a different point in my life. I've got different ambition, different goals, and the point is the work ethic matching that. But the, the one interesting thing, what, what works for me as well. So I've had. It's interesting you asked me the question about forgetting to eat. You know, I I have frequently I have decks. They're called Dexa scans, and they, they measure your your body kind of your muscle mass and your body fat 
the the percentages you know it's like a seven minute you lay on the thing and they're quite an accurate reading actually your body fat percentage but then the amount of kilograms of fat the amount of kilograms of muscle and it and it it proportions it for legs core and upper body so i mean it's great when i had the injury because you can see how much mass is in so when i say when i snap my ankle you can see how much mass is on your left leg and your right leg so i guess really when, when you come out of the cast you've obviously your muscle and your right leg your left leg sorry is deteriorated in your calf and you think so you kind of have a clear image of how much you need to build to kind of what's up normal but then also it's just a, a great body composition sort of reading and now throughout this whole period particularly in my neck i'll give you an, an example of of my dexa would have been body weight 66 kilograms you know body fat percentage 8.5 and then you've got the mass and the fat, you know, right now, whilst I've been having my, you know, the, the first one after my neck surgery, my body weight was 60 kilograms. So a whole six kilogram less and my body fat was actually at 11. So the percentage had gone up. Yeah, so I've lost line. a lot of muscle mass. Yeah. So then, you know, there's concerns with the, with the medical team, with my nutritionist and my strength and conditioning coach just to say, what do we need to do now, Niall, to get your body in the right place to do the gymnastics after the neck? And, and I guess there is some concerns because moving forward, I've kind of, I've plateaued at this weight and, and I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing that I'm five kilograms lighter than what I was competing in the last Olympics. I think it's, it's strength to weight ratio. As long as I've got the power there in my body, I've got the right muscle mass that allows me to do the best gymnastics in the world. I quite, quite frankly, couldn't care less what it says on the scales, whether it's 65 kilos, whether it's 70 kilos, whether it's 52. Do you know what I mean? I just, as long as I can be the best gymnast I can be, and that's conversations that we're having. But frequently I have conversations with my nutritionist about what I'm eating, why the timings, you know, the the whole about me preparing my food and going to the shop. So am I getting the right nutrients in? Am I eating enough to sustain? You know, do you want to build some muscle mass? And I guess I always have a conversation and we're really, we're really quite close, but I have the conversation about my mental health. I say, look, Georgina, I, we're coming up with a balance here because what's more important to me, absolutely, as long as I can put myself in a position to be the best athlete I can be, yeah, which I believe I can, what's more important to me is my mental relationship with food because... I've been in those places that I've talked about in this podcast and I'm now have the, the the most happiest, healthiest relationship with food, in my opinion, where I would like to be in my life. So what works for me, we've got to come up with solutions to, to for me to stay on this path mentally, in my opinion. And I believe I will do it. You know, I know I can do it because I've, I was there mentally with food whilst I was competing in the Commonwealth Games and, you know, like you said, so I'm consistently having conversations with my nutritionist about, and you know, and a lot of that has been trying to get meal prep companies on board, you know, so that I get delivered good, healthy, nutritious meals that I could don't have to worry about buying or preparing. I could just woof them in, you know, what I'm frequently eating on a day to day basis. If I'm not hungry on the mornings, which I never really get hungry on a morning, can I put in a shake? Can I put together a smoothie where it's like liquid? So you're getting the nutrient nutrients in and the calories in. So I thought that'd be interesting for the the audience, but 
the number one really for me is predicated on my mental health and relationship with food and that that works for me yeah <laughs> so and, um, and I, I don't want to interrupt I've, you while you're on a roll but I, I was just going to say so if there's if there's anyone can access a podcast can't they mm. so if there's young gymnasts you know if there's aspiring gymnasts listening to this podcast or pe- you know people that are going through whatever point they are in their gymnastics career from you know through 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 into teenage years or maybe early 20s and any adult gymnast and they're listening to what what would you say to them about food and nutrition for a gymnast I, I uh, sorry I asked you the question I was just about to answer it I just wanted to again do some context because potentially there is a difference isn't there from somebody that's on a pathway to the Olympics versus somebody that on a different journey in gymnastics yeah um i mean look men and male and female are slightly different as well so you've got to factor that in and i've had a lot of experience you know on the the elite level if we're just talking we're talking aspiring moving up the ranks just happy healthy yeah, gymnasts happy, healthy that are enjoying gym, their the, thing the, the, well i mean we're going to do another vlog aren't we about what it's like to keep be calling them vlogs dad these are called podcasts <laughs> Subscribe, by the way, guys. Leave a rating down below. Leave a rating saying so, Dad don't even know what well, he's on. Cool. Because um, we're going to do another podcast, which is about being a gymnast and being a parent. Yeah. yeah so we're going to go into more detail about what it's like to be a gymnast. Absolutely. So, so in terms of detail of different levels of gymnastics, I can't really answer right now. But I imagine there are lots and lots. You've got a big fan base on lots of gymnasts that are probably thinking, you know, I want to, I want to be like Nile Wilson, or how do I make it? how do I make it big or how do I become a, the world's best gymnast? Yeah. And part of that, probably what they're thinking is what they eat. Yeah. And their parents might be thinking, right, what what do I give them to eat? Because bear in mind, we come from a background of, before you went training on a Friday night, you used to have fish fingers fried well, in Can deep. I talk about that? You, it's, it's, a tell you, it's your podcast now. I'm just getting the drinks and sat here listening. Not <laughs> taking part really, to be honest. Would so you, what, would, no, what would you say to a gymnast that's thinking about the food? What they should, what would they eat? Absolutely, look, absolutely, nutrition has a huge impact on your performance and you improving your gymnastics, your body composition, your ability to build muscle, build strength, get your body in a physical shape to do the gymnastics that I'm doing. Nutrition is massive, absolutely massive. That's the first point. So yeah, you should be thinking about it. I've obviously talked a lot about relationships and my story with my mental health relationships with food i i would i would focus on wanting to eat better understand nutrition a little bit more for your performance for yourself so that whole that gaining control is important you were about to say i had fish fingers up until i was 15 years old we did not you did not as parents really think or care about what i was putting in my body i knew i'd get the blame here no, but no, but the reality is, if if, if if the right. if the gymnast from eight to fourteen years old, they're not controlling. Well, Mum and daddy tell you what to eat. Do you know what I mean? And they tell you to clean your plate. Other parents might be thinking exactly what we thought at the time. You're going to do a lot of training, and yeah. we'll we'll talk about this in another podcast. People, adults who have children, judge parents who are gymnastics parents because they take their kids to something that they've got to do 10, 11, 12, 14, 15 hours a week. Mm. Parents judge you. Fact. Yeah. I know it because I've experienced it. Right. So when, when you have somebody that's going through a, a, on a gymnastics journey, and bear in mind, 
I did, and I'll talk about this as well. I didn't think I was bringing up an Olympian. Yeah, we already right. have talked uh, about we? it. Right. Yeah. So I thought I was just bringing up a nice person. Logic, logic said to me, wrongly, I know that now, he is training all these hours a week. In order to do that much training, he needs fuel. Give him fuel. Yeah. Regardless of what it is. Yeah, yeah. So, so you'd come home from school and I'd shove a big meal down you yeah, because yeah, I'd yeah. think, right, he's going to have to, because he'll be starving. Yeah, so I'd yeah. shove a big meal down you. You'd go off to gym and then you'd come back and say, I nearly yacked up them fish fingers and chips on the floor because yeah. I was so full. Can you, you know, and, and we, and I'm happy to admit we got it wrong. So other parents might be thinking all that training need loads to eat. Not true. No, no. G- g- gymnastics is different. And, and also you would have been thinking as well, which is, is, is stereotypically is I've had a six pack my whole life. So, so it was like all that training He's not gonna get. He's not gonna be overweight. Yeah, we did talk about that. Yeah, we could. We thought we could I, put I what assume, we wanted. Yeah, you, it you doesn't matter. That w- he's not gonna get heavy. He's not gonna be overweight. Mm. But it's not about in gymnastics and sport. It's not about how you look. It's how you're performing. It's about being the best gymnast that you can be, or the best swimmer, or the best football player, or the best runner. And yeah, the reality is, I were never gonna get fat or overweight because of the amount of exercise. Because and, and because up until fifteen as well. I had the relationship I have now with food. I don't remember ever thinking, you know, like I woke up, I had cocoa shreddies for breakfast because I liked that cereal with sugar, huge spoonful of sugar. Me and, this is in high school when I'm sort of 12, 13, 14. Me, Jack and Andy used to go to a chicken shop at lunch. So I'd get, in, in the majority of the time, I'd probably get a baguette, sausage and bacon baguette. And, and, and again, I, I probably won't finish it because if I did, if I went on it, I'd just throw it in the bin. We'd walk past Chima's, the sweet shop, I'd get some blue bonbons and a can of Pepsi. Yeah. <laughs> then I'd get in and mum would say, you and you or mum would say you need to eat because you're going to gym for four hours. You're going to train. Because you're going for four hours, yeah. So it was microwavable pizzas, another bowl of cereal. Chicken Kievs. Chicken Kiev, like a meat a meal. Like I remember, remember those fries to go. Those fries little, to go. Those little oh. two minutes in the microwave. They were with beauties. The, with them. white bread and load of butter on Yeah, oh. fish butter. Fish butter. Fries chip to butter. go. Uh, sorry, chip butter, chip butter. fries to go sandwich, pate on toast. You have that loads. Oh, pate on toast, beans on toast, with beans cheese on, on toast, cheese Brilliant. on. And then, and then, I'd get home at night. At, we've got to be honest. Three times a, a week, at least, mum would go. I can't be asked cooking tonight because it was nine. It was half nine at night. When yeah, it, I finished yeah. late, yeah. we'll we'll stop off at fish and chips. Neil, should we just stop off at fish and chip shop tonight? Yeah. Or Saturday, Mark, and have a Mackey's drive home chicken legend chips no without a doubt you know it, it was it was like that sinking in my chair i'm a rubbish <laughs> parent oh my gosh and i had six pack and i was a brilliant gymnast and i never you know it, it, it and, and i'm sure the point is you gotta think about you are right the athletes they're not going to be overweight they're training a lot you got to think about their development their growth their health because this sport has a lot of impact on your body from a very young age. The reality is the sort of puberty hit rate for particularly males, but and females of gymnasts is so late. You know, I, I see kids. What does that mean? So, so puberty the, hit developing. Rate. So that, that didn't come out right. When you develop, when you start go through puberty, as in, Develop, it's start getting, start oh, absolutely, start getting airs, start any getting a few. To back that statement up, is it? Is it just your opinion? I, no, it's a fact, right? And it's I don't, have, fact, I don't right? have the science, but I've seen it. I've, I live it. 
I'm right. living it. So I, what I believe it is, is because of lack of lack of nutrition is one of them. Because I don't believe I relate to that. I see some of these, literally 16, 17, 18 year old male and female gymnast in my gym today that literally look like the 12 years old. Well, you didn't get a ginger beard until you were 22. <laughs> exactly, but I was, but, you know, but I was more developed. And, and I think part of that is lack of nutrition, 100%. They're not fueling the bodies enough to allow it to grow and develop. And, and But then also, in my opinion, part of it is constant stress and impact on their bodies. Right. You know, our body's not designed to do what it does every single day. The amount of pressure on your growth plates, the amount of stress and impact on your joints doing gymnastics, I think it delays puberty. But the one thing, so, so that's, it's what you're putting in your kids' bodies. And yes, you know, you don't, the last thing the gymnast wants, one hour, half an hour before they're about to go swing round bars and do backflips is a full microwavable pizza or chicken Kiev and chips in their stomach. I'm telling you now, you know, it's, it's not good. The, the actual nutrients from the food have not got into the muscles yet. So he's, he's essentially going to be half a kilo heavier with a full so, stomach. So what are you better with? Like so, a so, smoothie so the, or something? The timing of it, yeah. So the so, timing of it, if it, if it's an hour, half an hour before, liquids is better. Liquids. So, so even so, like protein shake, uh, well, not protein. Well, yeah, know. yeah. But in, you don't you don't need to be supplemented. It can be milk, Greek yogurt, milk, yeah. strawberries, banana, you know, some nuts, something just mixed up in a blender and woof down you some yeah. spinach. You know, that, all that is brilliant. And, you know, and anything make, during training. And yes, you can sip on it during training. I mean, let, and- banana, I like a chew on a banana. Some gymnasts don't really like putting solid foods in the body whilst they're doing it. Right. I don't mind it. Banana's brilliant. A bar, like a, an energy bar is brilliant. Electrolytes for hydration whilst you're training, you know, and, and I do look, I have sugary sports drinks. I, I do that. I'm not going to lie on here. Um, you know, the best time to have a sort of a solid meal would be two and a half, two, two and a half hours before gym. So it allows your body to digest it. Because remember, your body's working to digest the food in your stomach. And then all the nutrients from the food then will be, I don't know the science behind it, but they'll all be dispersed yeah, into yeah. your muscles, into your bloodstream. And then the, the whole thing about giving energy for long periods of time. It, it's all about the carbohydrates. So it's like the long lasting carbohydrates, you know, your potatoes, your rice, your, you know, some of your whole wheat breads. I didn't mind having a sandwich, you know, like you can, you can make simple switches from white bread to brown granary bread. Yeah. You know, I like it's toast. It's like pasta and stuff. You know, it? pasta, yeah, sure. like whole wheat pasta, brown rice, yeah. white rice, you know, um, oats, Porridge, some of the cereals are better than others. You know, cocoa shred isn't the greatest. Something like a Weetabix is, is probably and a then little what bit about, better. And then what about when you finish training then? So then, so, it, so, yes, the, uh, so bearing in mind as well, even the guys that aren't on Olympic pathway, they could still be finishing at seven, eight, nine o'clock at night. No, totally, definitely are. Yeah, yeah. So um, what, protein. So, protein. I mean, I, 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 every meal I have, I want it to have carbohydrates, fats and protein in it all, all the time. Protein is the key nutrient for gymnasts that want to recover so to be able to train another four hours the next day but then also build strength you know like i said this week i've gone from a three hour intense putting my body through hell straight into an ice bath for for 60 seconds which is about eight degrees straight out fillet steak rice and salad and then my protein intake throughout the day will be 
each meal that I eat, I will make sure that there's a there's some sort source of protein in there. So you've got so your eggs, your meats, yeah. your milk, chicken, chicken fish, fish turkey. turkey, eggs, cheese, tuna. You know, yeah, you yeah. meats and fish, like all the meats and fish, and, and tra- you know, and like real raw food. So a chicken breast is better than chicken selects from Mackey's. Let's put it that way. We all know that. Um, and then you kind of so protein, 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 particularly the males. You're going to develop, you're going to build muscle, you're going to become a stronger athlete, you're going to be able to recover for your sessions more often. And then for me, it's like I'm balanced. So I do, I do like having fat. You know, last night I had TGIs, I had those ch- sesame chicken strips, absolute peng, you know, beautiful. Another plug for someone else. Well, we've plugged a lot of brands today anyway. Okay. I need a sponsor on this. <laughs> So then the, the kind of the final thing is your, your kind of your vitamins, your minerals, your antioxidants, the whole greens, the fruits, the veggies, the superfoods. I just try and implement them as much as I can. You know, like I love fruit. Then in they'll say it's high in sugar. You know, you can, like I say, you can rip the hell out of any food. We've been talking about balance and what works for us. If I want some fruit, I'm going to have some fruit. And then try to have a, a portion of vegetables of some greens you know, the, the superfoods like nuts, seeds, those, you know, I, I, look, I would put some effort in yourself to research about nutrition personally. And yeah, hopefully those that have gymnasts, those that have athletes, just kind of to try and understand what they are putting in their kids, what they're feeding them. And is it going to be the best thing for them? You know, it's not about becoming an Olympian, but when you feel good in the gym, you are going to perform better. And nutrition has a huge factor to the way you feel in the gym. Yeah, absolutely. And being the best you can be is your Olympics, isn't it? It's as simple yeah. as that. Well, at, yeah. whatever le- at whatever level it is. And um, that's the first time I've heard you talk about uh, sort of puberty and gymnastics and things like that. So hopefully that doesn't put too many people off gymnastics because I've, well, I've, I've never heard of it. Because gymnastics is a phenomenal sport, isn't it? It's a great sport. It's, it's a great grounding for all types of sports, you know, for, in terms of the, the balance that it creates, the core strength that it creates yeah. and everything that comes along with gymnastics. So all the positives far outweigh any... Look, any th- in my opinion, that's not a negative. And, and look, it's not for everyone. It's, it's, it's the reality at the top level. So the, I'm talking about the kids at the gym that are on the elite pathway yes. towards the Olympic yes. program. Yeah. The pr- the pressure on that. I, I didn't mean to sound like gymnastics is in negative. It's putting so much pressure on your joints and stuff. It, it, at the highest level it is, I know personally getting kids, young kids, adults doing gymnastics is the, the funniest thing in the world. And it is the best, one of the best things for their bodies and health in the world. It's just part of the whole journey to become an elite level gymnast personally i do think it slows down puberty but i mean it didn't it didn't with it didn't with everyone no and, and, it, and, and it, the, the elite pathway in olympic gymnastics one percent of people that are taking part in gymnastics isn't it yeah definitely so, so there's so you know so much more out to give so what, what i'm wow what wow. an amazing insight into your Thanks, health and nutrition health, yeah. and some of the challenges you face. It's been fascinating listening to you. Thank and, you. And do you know one of the things with these podcasts, the more you and I talk, the more I hear things that I've never heard before that I find, <laughs> yeah. I find fascinating. My coach, my coach Barry texts me, um, yes, this is every time I listen, I just learn something new about you every day. And yeah, well, yeah. No, it's, I, it is literally I, amazing. If you're not subscribed, yeah. and if this is the first time you listen to it, please... 
press you, the you've, button. You bang on that subscribe now. You've said that at least five times. Yeah, we're, we're, we're getting that. Leaving a review. Oh, leaving review, a review. review. Yeah, yeah. Uh, leaving us a five star review. Comment below. We're going to be shouting well, them out. And I also would, tell I your would, friends. Yeah, tell your friends. I would really like as well, people in in the comments. You know, if you think. If you think something or have a view or would like us to talk about something, then just say it. If yeah. it's you know, if what we've talked about is not for you and you you have an opinion on it, then please tell us because that that feedback is important so we can grow and develop doing these podcasts and hit the spot for people that are listening. Absolutely, we want to uh, talk about what you you want to listen to. Yeah, yeah, and we have got guest plans and we have got things planned that we're going to talk about. So the next, so our next podcast, which will be uh, podcast number eight, we're going to talk about what it's like to be a gymnast and what it's like to be a gymnast parents because we've both got a lot of experience in that so Absolutely. and that's what we're moving into so stay tuned stay tuned but there you go that what an amazing session with Nar Wilson my son who I know nothing about and I got his nutrition <laughs> wrong and he called me a dickhead <laughs> and I got he's done I'm not doing I the podcast it, I mentioned it once and I got oh, I think I got away with it yeah he did did it record that dickhead when I said it yeah it did yeah. well you were a dickhead thinking it takes an hour and a half to climb up Everest do we even think that Tell he didn't bother with school. Oh, right. I'll see you in the next podcast, guys, if me and Dad are still here. <laughs> Lots of love. See you later. Bye. See you later. Bye.